The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 3D podcast i am one of your hosts my name is tack and with me as always is the other host of the show uh, jimmy klein hello 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 and on this podcast we celebrate the iconic tv show the brady bunch as we break down the bunch one episode at a time we take the episode jimmy as you know oh of course we break it down we yep. tell it's a good boy mm-hmm. but then let it go even though it's hardworking, loyal and prompt all for you, the listener. Kind of like a dog. Mm-hmm. On today's episode, we take a look at season four, episode 19, entitled How to Succeed in Business. If you haven't watched the episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Ready Ones is available to stream on Hulu, CBSL Access, Paramount Plus, and Amazon Prime. Who? <laughs> <laughs> So what's up? Nothing. What about you? Uh, you know, nothing. How was your week? Uh, it was all right. It was eventful. eventful? <laughs> I had a serpentine belt snap on my truck, so that's cool. <clears throat> that's it's always fun. snakes with you, Jimmy. What's that? It's always snakes oh, with uh, you. <laughs> yeah, serpentine. That's like that's that's how a snake keeps its pants up with a serpentine belt. To do. So how was your week? It was okay. I've just been working and uh, I'm actually getting some Christmas shopping done because I finally just now in November finally got my tax return. (laughs) You got your yourself a return. That's right. (laughs) You got your own return. Even though I filed back in like February, but that's insane. Yeah. But anyway, it came out good timing because now I can get Christmas shopping done. So. I was starting to think by the time you got yours, it'd be ready to, t- to do the new one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's been exciting. That's you know. good. Good. Yeah. That's cool. So, I thought in this episode, since we're dealing with Peter having his first job, we talk about our first jobs. Sure. So, what was your first job that you had, Jimmy? My first job... And we're not counting like mowing lawns or anything, right? We're right, talking right. about an actual, actual job where you turn in like your social security <clears throat> number. And- okay. My, well, my first job, I got paid under the table. So does that count? Me too. I did too. My first job. But let's okay. talk about under the table jobs and then like first real job. Okay. All right. My first job where I got paid under the table <clears throat> um, was at a bowling alley down here on Merritt Island. You know which bowling alley. Mm-hmm. And um, on Saturday nights, I don't know if they still do it, but they used to have colored pins cycling through, right? Yeah. And if you had like a colored head pin, you got like a dollar or something if you got a strike. Yeah. Well, I was the kid that gave out the dollars. And then I was also the kid that cleaned up vomit when people got sick in the nightclub next door. <laughs> so that was fun. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. I actually did that job with you a few times yeah. as well. Yeah, you did. So. New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. That's right. It was yeah. New Year's Eve. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> New, Year's, New Year's Eve year. of 91 going into 92. I'm not mistaken. Really? That sounds about right. 
My first under the table job was that one was, guy you met in college. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was no. mean. <clears throat> Uh, I worked at this company called Space Coast Hospital Services. I remember that. Yeah. And it was a company that basically did industrial laundry for like hospitals and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, they're still there too. Yeah. Same spot. And so um, I knew the guy that like was the president or he was the big boss there. I don't know what his well, I know title how was. I knew my first boss. How did you meet your oh, first that's boss? That's right. We met her. <laughs> through the, we met them through the same thing. We did. Yeah, yeah. That's just for me and you. The private joke you can't know. It's, yeah. <laughs> I just want to remind you that. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so all I did was um, I just picked up trash like around the grounds. Mm -hmm. And so like the way this building was set up, like I had to go along their street and pick up any trash and kind of throw it away. So I worked for like two or three hours a day after school. And uh, it was kind of funny because I'd be just walking along the street. <laughs> and uh, I've had people stop and go, you need a ride? <laughs> You know, like not just strangers, but like so I remember this one girl that you know went to school with us. She's like, "Do you need a ride?" I'm like, "I'm I'm working," and she's like, "Oh, do you have okay. community service? What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of funny, but yeah, you know, I remember I got my first paycheck. I was so excited because it was get this, Jimmy, it was like forty five dollars. That's twice as much as I got. Because I only got I like 20. Like, I was like so excited. Like I remember getting that and literally running home. Like I was so excited. Like, And I think if I remember correct, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I think the first thing you did with it was what you brought your mom to Golden Corral? Uh, I don't remember. I remember the first thing I wanted to do with it, but I didn't. I wanted to get concert tickets because Poison was coming to, to Orlando. <laughs> And uh, I had no clue even how to get concert tickets. Even if I did, I don't have any way on to get music, there. On music, man. <laughs> well, yeah, there was like this music store that was on the way yeah. home. And uh, I was going to stop in and be like, well, even if I got tickets, I don't have any way to get there. <laughs> like, I don't have a car. Yeah. I don't, you know, I couldn't drive. I think it was only 15 at the time. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but yeah. So what about your first real job? My first, first real job was at Walgreens. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. What did you do? Right. I was a. I started off as the the cashier up front. <clears throat> See, I'm and cutting lettuce. Was, what's <laughs> that? See, I'm cutting lettuce. Next, I'll be yeah. on fries. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I ended up being like head camera person, and I, for a short period of time, I was back in the pharmacy. So, hmm. yeah, that's cool. Yes, yes. My first real job was Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Do you still eat there or no? Yeah. Yeah. I eat there almost every day working there and I would still do it and I would still eat there now. Yeah. Is it? Is there any disgusting stories you could tell us? No. Every restaurant I've ever worked at, whether it's fast food or just regular, what have you, mm -hmm. has always had like good sanitation. I've never worked somewhere oh, okay. that was like, okay. oh my God. Like, and if it was bad, that's on me. Right. So I need to like fix it. <laughs> or, that's true. So, yeah. But yeah, I've never been in a place just like, oh, this is disgusting. I can't believe they do that and turn the other way. I would never do that. No. This may be shocking to you, Yeah, but I still shop at Walgreens. I know. Don't you go in there like every single day? <laughs> Not anymore. And I used to. I used to go there a lot more than I do now. But I mm. might as well own stock in it because I spend a lot of money there. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Pharmacy America Trust Tech. 
<laughs> <laughs> See, when I first started, I go in there now and I, and I, <clears throat> I can't help it. Cause I, I'm friends with the people that work at that work at Walgreens. But anyways, um, I walk in and I'm like, you know, when I worked at Walgreens, we had to wear a shirt and a tie. <laughs> and then the day we got our polo shirts, we were really excited about it. And they're walking around in like t-shirts with like a lanyard around their neck. That's I was like, we had to wear an actual name tag and we had to wear <laughs> a shirt and a tie and stuff. Like <sighs> you kids got it easy at Walgreens. Yeah, these these slackers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, fun, fun. Well, let's take our first break. And when we come back, we're going to get into this. And uh, yeah, we'll be back. Okay. All right. Well, I have been Jimmy. And I've been Tack. And this has been a very pretty podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. Woo. Well, that was fun. That was. That was another great show. Of course. Is that the phone ringing? Yeah. Is that a thing? Like, I didn't know people could call in. (laughs) I don't know. Hello? Is this a very Brady podcast? Um, yes. Is this Santa? <laughs> yes, it is. And I need you boys to help this Christmas. My elves just can't think of any fun gifts for all the boys and girls. Well, Santa, have you heard of fun.com? Well, I can't say that I have. Is that on that new interweb that all the kids are into nowadays? Can this help me and my elves save Christmas? Of course. It's easy, Santa. Just go click on the link in our show notes to get 20% off your entire order. Yeah. And when you see the Retro Network's 20% off banner, then just pick out what you want. It is so easy. Okay. I think my elves can help me with that part. But do they have things that the kids will enjoy? Well, I mean, they have things like ugly Christmas sweaters. But not just any ugly Christmas sweaters. Sweaters from things like A Christmas Story, Caddyshack, The Matrix, and Jimmy's favorite, Christmas Vacation. (laughs) Yeah, and a lot more. Or accessories like Mandalorian sneakers, Cobra Kai socks, and Looney Tune backpacks. Oh, I do love that Cobra Kai. I mean, Mrs. Claus loves that Cobra Kai. And I do need some new sneakers. You know what I like? The Care Bear throw pillows and Power Rangers tiki mugs. And I got my dog a Batman dog bed. Oh, neat. I think this will do nicely. Wow, you two have been good boys this year. And it turns out you're very good at being sent as helpers. Not only can I get my presents for all the boys and girls, but I can also finish my shopping for Mrs. Claus. She's difficult to buy for, you know. Well, look at that. Maybe I'll get her some candy cane stockings and one of those sexy reindeer costumes from Fun.com. Ooh la la. Santa. Fun.com. Beat the holiday rush and start saving now at your one-stop shop for holiday cheer.
and we are back that that was a good break <laughs> that was a good break that was did you see how how good that cartwheel looked i mean my knees were bent but you know what you got to start low you got to start low <laughs> yeah you just got to work on keeping it your back straight and your legs straight and maybe not do like the girlish scream as you do it well that's because my, i felt something in my wrist <laughs> Oh, maybe, maybe I should just pop it, right? Yeah, just crack it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So we got season four, episode 19, entitled How to Succeed in Business. Maybe we should pay attention to this episode. Maybe we should. All right. Let's get into it. So facts about the episode first aired on February 23rd, 1973, written by Gene Thompson, directed by <laughs> Robert Reed. Oh, shit. That's that's so weird they found somebody with the same name. <laughs> According to IMDb, this is one of the four episodes directed by Robert Reed. Very interesting. Also, How to Succeed in Business is part of, at least part of a name of a Broadway show. It is. And that was the other one, but I was like, mm, I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's lame. Only a lame ass would talk about that. Like, you know, Tech. <laughs> well, I figured plus like everybody just knows that, so. Like, I didn't know who directed this when I was watching it, but I yeah. noticed, did you notice that there was a lot of lingering artsy fartsy shots? Just like l- shots on weird stuff. It's like, what? And like no. weird lighting situations, like lighting mm. things that they never do. Well, I'll, I'll ex- explain further as we go on, but I oh, did yeah. notice a difference. And I went just now when you were like, oh, one of four directed by Robert Reed. I'm like, that totally explains it now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So you ready to get started? I am ready. All right. So, we fade in. Yes. Scene one. Our story opens up with Peter racing home on his bicycle. He arrives in the driveway. He quickly hops off his bike and begins to run inside. He looks back and sees his bike has fallen over. He quickly turns back, sets it upright, and grabs his books off the back. After doing so, he runs as fast as he can inside the house. Does that bike not have a kickstand? I don't know. You know <laughs> how hell? kids are. They're just like, whatever. <laughs> That's true. My bike, Did I ever tell you about the time where my bike got ran over by a car? Mm, no. I, I did. I pulled a Peter and I just laid down my friend's you, driveway. You pulled your yeah. what? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, pu- I pulled my Peter and I just laid the, uh, the bike down in the driveway. And my yeah. friend's mom was leaving and she backed right over it. Damn. Bent the front rim, bent the frame. It did was you say, what did I tell you about you damn kids leaving your bike? You know. And I had All just that. gotten it for Christmas. Mm. And my dad was like, tough shit. You shouldn't have put it behind somebody's car. So I had to ride my skateboard. You know, my bonsai, my little metal skateboard. <laughs> yeah. Remember that? I do remember I still that. Have, I have it in the closet. And <laughs> um, I, uh, I had to ride that for like a whole year. And then the next Christmas, my, my dad got me a new bike and he swore up and out he was never going to get me a new one because I didn't take care of it. And mm. when he got me a new one, I was like, and I, started, I started like crying Christmas morning. <laughs> my dad's like, what the hell are you crying about? Anyways, you know, kids, put your kickstand down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Scene two. Inside the house, Peter is frantically calling for his parents. Mom, dad, mom, dad. Alice in the kitchen hears this and investigates the commotion. As she turns to look into the family room, Peter barrels in at top speed and runs right into Alice. Mm. Peter asks if she's all right. Alice says, I'm fine. What's all the excitement? 
Peter very excitedly says, Alice, the greatest thing in the world just happened to me. Hmm. Alice says, yeah, what? Peter says, well, first, have there been any phone calls for me yet? Alice says, nope. Peter asks if she's sure. (laughs) Alice says she's positive. Peter has a disappointed look on his face and says, maybe it didn't happen. Alice asks, what didn't happen? Peter begins to talk to himself, ignoring Alice, but maybe it will anyways. Alice yells out, Peter, what did happen that didn't happen that maybe will anyways? Peter says, Alice, I don't want to get your hopes up. (laughs) Alice says, I promise. I just want to know what's going on. Just then, the phone rings. Peter gets excited and says, maybe that's it. And he runs over to answer it. He picks up the phone. Hello? This is Peter. Yes, Mr. Martinelli? Peter, now getting overexcited, shouts into the phone. What? Oh, wow, that's great. Then he realizes he was a bit loud, calms down and says, sorry, Mr. Martinelli. He turns to Alice and says, I hurt his ear. He Hmm. gets back on the phone and says, sorry, I yelled, but I'm real happy, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) And then hangs up the phone. He turns to Alice and says with great enthusiasm, it did happen. And then grabs his books and runs out of the room, piping up. Mom, dad, it did happen. (laughs) Alice just smiles as he runs out of the room, thinks for a second, then screams out, what happened? (laughs) Mm. It reminds me of that one time where she cried. She's like, oh, man, Carol, just tell me. Or Mrs. Brady, just tell me. She's nosy. (laughs) My only note is Alice is definitely the kind of person that reads the last page of a murder mystery. Like, like before she reads the rest of the book, like she's that kind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she needs to know everything. Yeah. All right. Scene three in the den. Carol's fluffing Mike's pillows. <laughs> yeah. If you know what I mean. She's a fluffer. And I think you do. <laughs> no, she's literally fluffing his pillows on the couch while Mike sits at his desk and works. Peter, still yelling out for them, runs into the den and says, It happened! It happened! He runs over to Mike and says, Dad, it happened! Mike laughs and says, Well, that's great, Peter. Was it with Margie Whipple? I I was waiting for a joke like that. (laughs) I got a feeling she'd use them horse teeth for something really good. (laughs) Now, Mike actually asks... (laughs) What happened? Peter pipes up and says, I got my first job. Mike and Carol beam with pride and tell him how wonderful that is. Mike asks, who are you working for? Peter says, Mr. Martinelli at the bike shop. Mike says, yeah. Peter continues on. I'm going to work for him Saturdays and after school. I'm going to fix bikes. Mike beams with pride at his second son and says, well, put her there and reaches out and shakes his hand. Carol puts her arm around him and says, My son, the bike doctor. Oh, we're proud of you, Peter. Peter (laughs) says, from now on, I won't be a financial burden to you anymore. Mike says, yeah, well, that's a load off my wallet. Peter also adds, and I won't be needing an allowance anymore. Mike, surprised to hear this, asks, no allowance? Peter proudly states, nope. Carol asks, are you sure? Peter (laughs) thinks for a second and says, well... Maybe just one more for old time's sake. 
Mike agrees and says, yeah. Peter says, I gotta go tell the guys and begins to run off. But Mike stops him and says, oh, listen, Peter. Peter stops and Mike goes on. Now that you're taking on a job, you're taking on responsibility, you know. Peter agrees, but Mike isn't finished just yet. Be prompt, hardworking, and loyal. Peter jumps up and says, got it, and runs out of the room. But his excitement has gotten the better of him as he trips on the step (laughs) to leave and hits the deck. Mike and Carol just laugh. Carol says, Peter, one more thing. Don't be clumsy. Peter just smiles. They should have pointed and laughed. Like, ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> but we get another fourth wall shot. I saw that. Yeah, You yeah. saw it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I put down, I hope Carol is better at fluffing Mike than she is at fluffing pillows. Because that <laughs> was the flattest pillow I think I've ever seen in my life. And she fluffs it and she doesn't really fluff it. All she does is take it and just kind of shake it and put it back down on the couch. Like, are you <laughs> dusting pillows? Like, what are you doing? Why does Carol have to hang out in there with Mike while he's working? (laughs) Does she have really nothing else to do? No, she doesn't. I'm surprised Mike hasn't busted out with, you know, maybe we should like reduce Alice's hours (laughs) because like I'm working (laughs) and apparently you have time to come in and watch me work. So that means how Peter is working. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) God. (laughs) (laughs) If I have time to work and you have time to watch me work, <laughs> that means you have time to work. <laughs> yep. Scene four. At the bike shop, Peter is working on an upturned bike while Mr. Martinelli is helping a father and son out the door with a bike they just purchased. Uh-huh. After the customers leave, Martinelli walks over to Peter to see how he's doing. He says, well, Peter, how's it coming, eh? Peter, while holding a tiny paper cup, says, fine, Mr. Martinelli, and don't worry, I'm going to be prompt, hardworking, loyal, neat, and I'm not going to watch the clock. Mr. Martinelli laughs, puts his arms around him and says, I'm sure, I'm sure, Peter. Because <laughs> he's Italian, and then he, he eats is. a bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> he talks with his hands a lot too. <laughs> I mean, as old school as this show is, it wouldn't surprise me if they did that. <clears throat> and then like other guys in suits come in and they're like, Peter, you should step outside from it. You know, like mafia people. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then one of them says, no, let the boy see this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Peter's like, thank Mr. Martinelli. And Mr. Martinelli's like, Peter, your family now. And he like holds out his hand for him to kiss a ring. And then one guy goes, Hey kid, come here. And he like flips him a coin. <laughs> And he goes, well, why don't you run down there and give me a paper? I need you to bring this puzzle to this guy's house. Don't open the box. Just bring this package (laughs) over to Sam the Butcher. They're like, whoa, Sam the Butcher. (laughs) You you sure about that, Martinelli? (laughs) Sam the Butcher, holy shit. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Martinelli walks Peter over to the bike he was working on and says, "Uh, Peter. No, no. That's how he says, uh, Peter, uh, Mr. Williams is in, a, is in a hurry for this bike. <laughs> That's terrible. Peter says, yes, sir, I know. Listen to this. Peter then starts rotating the pedals and then stops as the wheel continues to rotate and gears sound smooth. How smooth do they sound, Jimmy? Like this. Huh? 
<laughs> Smooth as the molasses in January. Exactly. <clears throat> Martinelli says, sounds perfect. Peter stops the no, he didn't say that. He said, that sounds perfect. <laughs> Peter stops the wheel and says, only nine more gears to go. Martinelli is shocked to hear this and asks, a nine more? But it's almost, but it's almost a quitting time, Peter. Now it's starting to sound Swedish. Peter says, oh, thanks for reminding me. I would have kept right on working. Martinelli just sighs. He goes, <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> then Yoshi comes in. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> then he goes down into a to a pipe. Bloop bloop bloop. Yeah, I was waiting for Pee Wee Herman to come walking in because <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the bike shop from you know Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> right. But also like surprise. Like I found myself thinking, like, is there really that much of a need for a service guy on bikes? But uh-huh. a, a while back, I was in the market for a bike, and I know you were too. And if you go to a bike shop and look, a lot of the Trek mountain bikes and stuff like that, they actually come with service plans where you're supposed to bring them in every year and get tuned up and stuff like that. Yeah. And the more I got into it and reading it, the more I realized that some of these high-end bikes actually do require regular maintenance on them and stuff, even they're supposed to be really good. So, hmm. well, I'm sure. All right. Scene five. Peter rides into the driveway on his bike coming home from work. There's a sign hanging that says bike repair (laughs) and several bikes parked in the driveway. Bobby and Cindy are standing there waiting as Peter gets off his bike in confusion. Bobby has a small desk set up and Cindy leafs through a ledger. He asks, how come all the bikes? Bobby says, well, all the guys at school just happened to hear that you were working for Mr. Martinelli. (laughs) Peter in suspicion asks, how did they happen to hear that? Cindy chimes in and says, Bobby called them and told them. <laughs> Peter has. She threw his ass right underneath that bus. Here comes the bus. There goes Peter. How come, Bobby, they didn't, how come they didn't bring their bikes to the shop? Bobby nervously says, well, that's the way Mr. Martinelli makes the money. This way, we do. Peter asks, what do you mean, we? <clears throat> Bobby says, well, um, you. And me and Cindy. (laughs) Cindy clarifies a little more and says, you do the work and we get the commission. Uh, Peter says, forget it. I wouldn't do a thing like that to Mr. Martinelli. And he walks off. Mm. Cindy says to Bobby, you and your bright ideas. Bobby says, well, how was I supposed to know Peter wouldn't moonlight? They both just sigh. But I mean, does Peter just walk off? What do you mean? Or does he walk off? Oh, in a huff. That's right. Or or like a boss. I would have accepted either one. Oh, damn. <clears throat> um, I would love to have a bike like that. Like I, when I lived with my mom way back in the way back, um, I had a bike. I, I dubbed it the Leave it to Beaver bike because it looked like it was from that era. But it was one of these era bikes and it was awesome and I loved it. And Yeah. I would love to have an old bike like that. It's just like cool a looking. banana seat kind of a thing? No, no. Like one of the adult ones, you know, like the kind that... <laughs> That Miss Gulch, you know, rides and beach cruisers. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, kind of, but they're different. I would like to have a you know an old one, but anyways. <clears throat> scene six. Back at the bike shop, 
Martinelli comes out of his office and is in deep thought. Peter Mm. continues to work on a bike. Martinelli walks slowly over to Peter and asks, how's everything, Peter? (laughs) Peter says, (laughs) coming along just fine, Mr. Martinelli. Martinelli says, but Peter, you're working on the same bicycle you were working on yesterday. Peter proudly states, yes, sir. Martinelli reminds Peter yet again, but Mr. Williams wants the bicycle. Peter says, I'm just trying to get it in tip-top condition, so he'll be a real satisfied customer. He turns to Martinelli and asks, and that's what we want, isn't it? Martinelli, thinking that he can't really argue with the logic, says, well, we want both, satisfied and customers. Peter smiles and continues to work on the bike. Mr. Martinelli just scratches his head. Hmm. And then jumps up in the air and hits a hole and like, hits a block. <laughs> and then eats a mushroom. Gets really big. <laughs> um, so just to be clear, Mr. Martinelli is his boss, right? Like, yes. Like, yeah. Peter's been on the job. Like what his second name? He's already arguing with the boss. Peter's like, I, I got this shit. Like, come on now. You want to satisfy a customer, right? You're 14 <laughs> and it's your second day on the job. Like, <laughs> but also why is Peter acting like a four-year-old? How so? Like he's just acting extremely immature, like the goofy smile he does, like like acting like he don't know the difference between a satisfied customer and like I don't know. He just seemed like he was acting <laughs> extremely immature in this. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was a direction from Robert Reed. Just just act like a four year old. Seeing this at all. Back at the house in the kitchen, Carol is putting some finishing touches on a crudite platter. Mike, what? Crudite, it's a vegetable platter. Oh, okay. It's one of them fancy words I learned when I was in the military. So. Right. Is that kind of like a crudite? Like like when what is it? Like when military people like like turn their backs on their No. What is it? <laughs> what? I'm getting words mixed up. Never mind. I'm thinking isn't it where like <laughs> You mean espionage? Like they try to <laughs> No, where they try to overthrow their leader? Mutiny? No. The crudite? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Good. <laughs> Mike, while watching, grabs a couple of olives and Carol smacks her husband for doing so and <laughs> says, ha, caught you. Mike laughs and says, you know how I love olives? I'm an olive freak. And he breaks into a <laughs> Mike walks over to the table and sits down. Also, olive was Alice's nickname in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just then Peter walks in and greets him. Carol asks, how's the big business? <laughs> this made me laugh. How's the big businessman today? Peter shuts the fridge and says, Mr. Martinelli could have been nicer. <laughs> how's that sexy businessman doing? <laughs> I used him pretty good. Like, no, I met you. Oh, Carol says, no, I met you. Peter says, oh, I'm doing great. You know, while I was working today, I got to thinking about you two. Mike asks about us. Peter goes on. Yeah, I got to thinking that you and mom ought to take up bike riding. It's very healthy. Mike says, oh, my gosh, I haven't been on a bike in years. Peter says, oh, it's not too late. I mean, you're not in bad condition considering your age and everything. Mike looks at him and sarcastically says, thank you. Carol giggles and Peter turns to her and says, you too, mom, you could get yourself back in shape again. Back in shape. (laughs) Carol immediately stops giggling when Peter turns it to her and angrily says, 
I thought I was in shape. Mike now <laughs> chuckles and says, Peter, are you trying to sell us a couple of bikes? Is that it? Peter says, well, there's nothing wrong with a businessman drumming up a little business, is there? Carol says, no, not at all. As a matter of fact, I think it's a very good idea, Peter. Peter says, great, and runs out of the room. Carol walks over to Mike and says, Mike, you know that isn't a bad idea at all. <laughs> As Mike pounds a few more olives down his gullet, asks, huh? Carol says, it might tighten up all those olives. Mike says, oh, honey, I get plenty of exercise. I play golf almost every weekend. Carol says, I don't. Mike goes on, I also play tennis with the guys. Carol repeats, I don't. Mike goes on, I also swim at the club. Carol repeats even louder, I don't. Mike thinks for a second and says, well, maybe I'll buy you a bike. And <laughs> smiles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> more of Carol trying to get shit bought for her. I thought that was funny. So Mike's like, I don't need a bike, but I'll buy you one. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you gift wrap it? <laughs> <sighs> Once again, maybe we should lay off Alice <laughs> and you'll get plenty of exercise. Trust me. <laughs> God. So Mike is 41 in this episode. That's nice. the old man. That's <laughs> yeah. Right. He's the old one. Yeah. Wonder how old Carol is. I forgot to look. She's probably around the same age. Hmm. All right. <clears throat> Scene eight. You get all the Mr. Martinelli stuff. What's that? <laughs> you get all the Mr. Martinelli stuff. Yeah, I don't get it. It's like, you're like, hey, maybe we should make some really insensitive <laughs> racial humor about Italians. I'm like, yeah. And then you don't have to do it. Like, oh. And I'd be like, damn, Jimmy was awful racist in the last episode, wasn't he? <laughs> I know. I, I meant to talk to him about that. <laughs> <laughs> Scene eight. Back at the bike shop, Mr. Williams's bike is still up on the rack. Jeez. Peter now lying on the ground underneath it begins to work some more. Mr. Martinelli walks over and says, well, how's it coming, Peter? Peter, while smiling, says, just fine, Mr. Martinelli. Martinelli laughs awkwardly and asks, you're still working on Mr. Williams's bike. Peter proudly states, I sure am. Martinelli says, you've been working on it for three days now. Peter says, I took the brakes apart today. Martinelli gets a surprised look on his face and says, but Mr. Williams didn't ask to have his brakes fixed. There's nothing wrong with them. Peter nods and says, I found that out. Hmm. Mr. Martinelli, continuing to have the patience of a saint, sighs and says to himself, three days. He turns back to Peter and asks, how could you possibly work on the same bicycle for three days? Peter says, I guess I have a lot of patience. Martinelli, now losing some of his sighs deeply and covers his face with his hand. Martinelli says, I wish I could say the same thing for Mr. Williams. Mm. Just then the phone rings before walking over to it. Martinelli pleads with Peter and says, Peter, please finish it. I want good work and I want it finished. Peter nods and continues to have a naive smile on his face as he works. See much, much like a four-year-old. Hmm. <laughs> Martinelli walks into the office and answers the phone. Martinelli's bike shop. Oh, hello, Mr. Williams. I, nice day for a bike ride? Well, yes and no. Martinelli now shuts the door to his office and goes on. I'm afraid, Mr. Williams, it's not ready yet. Yes, I, I know. I promised it to you by noon. 
but I'm having trouble with the help and I'm afraid I need a new boy. Yes. Later today, definitely. I'll finish it myself, Mr. Williams. Goodbye. And he hangs up the phone. Hmm. Mr. Martinelli walks out of the office and walks slowly over to Peter, who is still hard at work. Still smiling, of course. Martinelli <laughs> says, um, Peter, why don't you go to lunch now and I'll finish the bike? Peter asks, lunch already? Martinelli says, yes. Peter goes on. Time really goes fast when you're doing something you like. Martinelli tries to get serious with Peter and says, Peter, after work today, I would like to have a little talk with you. All right. Peter, still smiling and holding an oil gun, says, yes, sir. You think I'm doing okay? Martinelli says, well, Peter goes on. You think someday I can even become a bike salesman? Martinelli says, well, to tell you the truth, I think maybe you'll be better at selling bikes than fixing them. Peter excitedly says, really? Oh, thanks, Mr. Martinelli. Peter grabs his hand and begins to shake it violently, which causes the oil gun to squirt mm. all over Mr. Martinelli's face. Oh, no. And Mr. Martinelli opens his mouth. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> no, he did. <laughs> Martinelli does not look pleased. Peter <laughs> attempts to wipe <laughs> to wipe off the oil off of his face. Martinelli just shakes his head. <sighs> oh, Peter, Peter, Peter. Peter. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Peter's stupid. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. But also, why are there cups next to the water fountain? Like, why can't you just drink out of the water fountain? Um, I don't know. Germs? COVID? <laughs> COVID. Um, <laughs> that, that man looked like he was going to cry. <laughs> How did Peter get, he got promoted out of that conversation? Which I know we're not there yet, but this well, is the conversation where he thinks he got promoted. Right. Because Mr. Martinelli, Martinelli tells him, I think you'd be better at selling bikes than you do than you, you are at fixing them. And as far as Peter's concerned, he's still fixing bikes. Hmm. So. All right. Scene nine. Back at home, we see Alice in the kitchen cutting a sandwich she just made and whistling a tune. She plates it up and walks over to the table. But Peter comes barreling in the kitchen again, only this time Alice was quick on the draw and spins around to avoid the accident. <laughs> Carol says, oh, Peter, we were just fixing your lunch. Peter excitedly says, you know what happened? I got promoted. <laughs> Carol's surprised as promoted after just three days. <laughs> Carol's like, you promoted? <laughs> Carol's like, what is that? I, I never had a job. Huh? <laughs> Alice says, look out, Howard Hughes. Here comes Peter Brady. Carol asks, Peter, are you, are you sure? <laughs> Peter says, well, I'm not really positive, but I told you how pleased Mr. Martinelli is with my work. Whenever he watches me, he has a surprised look on his face like he can't believe it. <laughs> Carol asks, well, what did Mr. Martinelli say? Peter says, he told me I'd even be better as a bike salesman. He wants to talk to me right after work today. <laughs> Carol Beaming says, oh, that's wonderful. Alice says, fantastic. You think maybe that might call for an extra slice of bologna? Peter nods and Alice laughs and goes to get it. <laughs> Peter's like, I don't give a fuck about a slice of bologna. Like, <laughs> you see a look on Peter's face, he's like, I get Like, what the fuck? I can... Like, I could buy all of your bologna. Seriously, okay. yeah. I can buy a whole pack of bologna in my first paycheck. Like, why would I give a shit about one extra slice? <laughs> <clears throat> I feel like if Mike was in the room during this, he would have, like, picked up on the shit when it was really yeah, going yeah. on. 
He yeah. would have been like, well, hold up. Like, what did he say? Like, I don't think he was saying you're promoted. I think he was just giving you a compliment, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <clears throat> but then again, we wouldn't have an episode. If this was. is true. So. It would be funny if we made like five minute very <laughs> much <bunch of> episodes. <laughs> Where Peter's like, I got a new job. He goes to the bike shop and, and the guy's like, no, don't worry about all that shit. Just fix this one. Okay. Scene over. Like, <laughs> end of the episode. Like. <laughs> Scene 10. Later, back at the bike shop. <laughs> What's that? You get all the bike shop. Oh, I yeah. get all the stuff at home. <laughs> As we had an episode like this in the past where it was mm-hmm. just two locations and that yeah. was it. And I had all of this location. You had all of that location. <laughs> Later, back at the bike shop, it's after work and Mr. Martinelli has Peter in his office. Whoa. He's, <laughs> he says, Peter, you're a nice boy. You're neat. You're prompt. You're considerate. You never goof off and you always look busy. You always look busy. <laughs> but you don't have the talent for this, Peter. <laughs> you fucking suck. You're, you're garbage. <laughs> no, that's not what he says. He says, but you don't have the talent for this job. Peter looks completely stunned and blindsided by what he's hearing. Martinelli goes on. I'm sorry, Peter. But I have customers who need their bikes. And I just can't keep them waiting. Peter pleads and says, I'll try harder, Mr. Martinelli. Martinelli says, you try hard enough, but you're just not mechanically inclined. You know what to do, but somehow it gets lost between here, pointing at his head, and here, sticking out his hands. Peter, now looking very sad, which makes Mr. Martinelli feel terrible, but he sticks to his guns and simply says, good luck, Peter. He stands up and shakes his hand. Peter slowly turns and walks out of the office. Still dumbfounded, he stops and says to himself, I got fired. Hmm. Hmm. So I really don't think Peter should have been fired here. Okay. First of all, it's only been three days. Right. Because he is prompt. He's hardworking and truly enjoys his work. That's true. And he's extremely loyal. And we saw that earlier getting like some side side hustle like at home and mm-hmm. he's like i'm not doing that you know and so like that kind of worker is hard to find you know right. especially like in a kid like and he could have worked with him to get him faster or maybe had him do other stuff around the shop he could and plus you saw all that business like just at the house mm-hmm. he could bring that to the shop exactly yeah, yeah. like i think mr martinelli kind of fucked up or maybe he's jumping the gun too soon here because i think Having a worker that dedicated and that excited and loves being there mm-hmm. and is willing to do anything. Like, right. I think he kind of, I don't think he should have been let go, which I get maybe he only had enough money to hire one person. Right. But if you could have hired two, like somebody to do like the work, mm-hmm. you know, and the maintenance or whatever, and then have Peter kind of do something else, even whether, even if it's just stuff around the shop or to check people out or to sell bikes on the floor or just a little bit of everything, almost right. training him to be like a manager one day, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So, well, it's like, I if I, I, th- I feel like it's Mr. Martinelli's fault because what he should have done, what I would have done is I would have said, okay, right off the bat, the only thing you're allowed to do is change tires. That's all I'm going to let you do. Yeah. Show him how to change a tire. Show him the way you want him to change a tire mm-hmm. and let him get like two or three weeks practice doing nothing but changing every single tire that comes in that shop. That's all he does. Right. Yeah. 
And then when he's done with that, be like, okay, now I'm going to let you change the bearings on the wheels. Or now I'm going to let you tank off the crank and replace the bearings inside there, you know, or whatever, yeah. or adjust the handle or whatever it is. <clears throat> so that in, let's say three or four months, now you have a kid that can fix anything on a bike instead of trusting somebody's word for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can fix them. And then just cool. Just they're over there. That's broke. Go fix it. You know what I mean? Why would you do that? Like, right. I don't get why he was saying you're not mechanically inclined. I think he is. Cause he mm-hmm. already talked about how he took apart the brakes exactly, and put them back yeah. together and, and he knew what he was doing mechanically. I, think, I mean, I like, was. what would have happened if he was working on somebody's bike and, like, he dropped it and scratched it or something? Like, that would totally be Mr. Martin. They'd be like, why did you let a new kid that, that's never even worked before work on my bike? Like, if that's the case, I could have just asked the next-door neighbor's kid to work on my bike. Why would you do that? <laughs> All right. So, this is where we take our next break. So, it looks like Peter isn't going to be getting his promotion after all. What will his parents think of him getting fired after only three days? Mm. Will they be disappointed? Will they be understanding? Will we ever see Marsha or Jan or Greg? (laughs) Where the hell are they? (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back. Okay. comic book fan we've got a few questions for you were you obsessed with x-men as a kid did you stand in line to get a copy of the death of superman in the black poly bag did you buy every image comic no matter how long it took to hit the shelves then have we got the show for you Wizards, the podcast guide to comics, is the podcast where Adam and Michael re-examine the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine and explore the world of gimmick covers, massive crossover events, and find out if those 20 copies of X-Force number one you stashed in your long box really did put your kids through college. And that's not all. We also bring you exclusive interviews with former Wizard staff members who tell behind-the-scenes stories from the guide to comics that defined a generation. In our special series, The Wizard Files. And wait, there's more! You'll get mini-episodes with 90s comic book reviews and more nostalgic fun. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is brought to you by the Retro Network every Wednesday. So subscribe today on your favorite podcast app, and remember to keep your books bagged and boarded. feel so rested like seriously i feel <laughs> yeah. rested you feel rested why I, would you? I felt like i had a like a, not just a break but like a break you know what i'm saying like <laughs> right yeah 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 do you do you have a dad chair i know this is like a weird tangent yes and no i mean we have a a recliner you know the lazy boy yeah yeah, that reclines, like the feet go up, the back comes down, and the whole thing swivels. But yeah. it's like a community dad chair, like everybody uses it. Does it rock too? Yeah. Damn. But it only rocks when the feet are down. Like if the feet oh, go up, yeah, then it locks. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's you right. Mean? Okay, gotcha, yeah. Um, but our couch has uh, recliners on each side of the couch too. 
So like the couch has recliners yeah. and we have a reclining chair. See, I've never had a dad chair and I I think I want one now. But it's not like a dad chair. It is, but it's not. It's an everybody chair. Well, okay, I got you. I want a dad just for me. Well, where'd you put it? <laughs> I, I don't know. And I have a small apartment, but I'm not saying I want it right now, but yeah, you are. eventually. <laughs> no, literally, you just said <laughs> you like a literally just ago. said, I want a dad chair. <laughs> but I've always wanted a dad chair for years, but I don't have a spot for it. But like, I want a dad chair. Like so badly. get a, get a smaller couch, get like a love seat and then you'd have room for the dad chair. It's true. It's just you and Raymond. Yeah. And that way, if you both sit on it, you need to love each other. <laughs> hmm. Anywho. Okay. Sorry. I went on a little tangent there. So tangent. I thought it'd be fun now to talk about getting fired. Like, yes, have you that ever is been fun. Fi- have you ever been fired from a job? Um, I've been laid off twice. And I've quit okay. jobs, but I've never been fired from a job. Girl, same. Like, yeah. I've never been fired, but I've been laid off and I've quit. Um, but I, I've been threatened to be fired before. I've never been threatened. Which was kind of dumb because, like, I've only been written up at a job one time my mm-hmm. entire career. and uh, But I was working this one job, and this boss of mine, I... She was impossible to please. Um, and uh, she was like this young, like, she I think she was like 25 years old, but she was like impossible to please. And then the um, she would constantly have to talk to me. Uh, we need to talk about this today. You know, you're not doing that. And one thing that I do is like, if somebody says, okay, I need you to do this and make sure you get this and make sure you get that. Mm-hmm. Then I like to repeat it back. You know, maybe it's from my Navy days. I don't know right. what I was like. So I'd say, okay, so you want me to do this and this and that. And then one time I swear to God, she goes, yes. Like, why do you always have to make me repeat myself? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm just confirming everything. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so one point she was like, um, well, you're not stepping it up, and I feel like in a week I'm gonna have to make a decision here. Mm. And I was like, "Oh, okay." And uh, so, no, she threatened like two weeks. In two weeks, <laughs> it's like if things aren't better in two weeks, I'm gonna have to make a decision. I was like, "Oh, okay." So then I got a hold of my old job that I left, and said, "Hey, can I come back?" And they said, "Hell yes, you can come back." And I was like, "Cool." So then I went to her, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm." Putting a two weeks notice. (laughs) And she goes, oh, well, can you stay for three weeks and train a new person? I was like, (laughs) really? Like, no, no. My work was so bad. You were about to fire me. And and now you want me to stay longer than you originally said you were going to keep me. Exactly. Yeah. And train a new person. So I was like, whatever. So I so stayed, trained a new person, and oh. then I went back to my old. And I went back to my old job. Right. Yeah, I um, I didn't really get fired from this insurance company. They just came to the realization they didn't really need me, and so they clarified. Yeah. They're like, just so you know, you're not getting fired; you're getting laid off because because I would come into work, and the other guy that was in the office with me would be doing my work. And he's like, well, I didn't have anything to do. Well, then what, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, I have no idea. So eventually, they just they're yeah. like, we don't really need you anymore. Um. I got laid off from from my my uh, the electronics company I worked for. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Oh, I quit a job once. I, well, I've quit a few jobs, but I quit one job <laughs> where I just like quit on the spot. Like I'm not going to be back tomorrow. I'm done. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that felt awesome. I did too. Yeah. 
I did too. I actually, I don't even think I told them. I just left and never came back. So, yeah. yeah. It was a terrible job. I won't go into details because it's a long story, but I, I was happy to lose it. It was one of those jobs when I left on Friday. All I could think about was how much I didn't want to be back in Monday. That's all I could think about. Isn't that awful when you have a job like that where yeah. it's just like the Sunday night, you're like, oh, God, I just don't want to go to work tomorrow. Uh. This guy I worked for was the one of the biggest idiots I've ever worked for. Like He was such a moron. Like We sold patio <laughs> furniture, right? Yeah. So instead, of, like we would rely on people to come to the website and then we'd sell the furniture through the website. I sold an entire shipping container full of furniture to the Hilton in, in Miami. It was like, like almost contract. a it was almost a forty thousand dollar order. I sold an entire shipping container, and his comeback was great. So that means some of our customers are going to have to wait longer. <laughs> but I, I sold an entire shipping container, right? And now our customers got to wait longer. Okay, would you rather sell onesie twosies <laughs> to customers come on the website, or would you rather sell to hotels and sell a shipping container at a time? And that the <laughs> whole point is to sell. <laughs> huh, Mister Martinelli. <laughs> So I went home and thought about that weekend and called in sick on Monday <laughs> and I called back mm-hmm. on Tuesday. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm quitting. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. So let's get back into this. So when we left off, Peter got his first job. It finally happened. Nice. It he got hired. At, he is no <laughs> yeah. longer a job virgin. <laughs> he got hired at Mr. Martinelli's bike shop. Yes. His proud father told him to be prompt, be loyal, and be hardworking. Peter held up to all of this, but what Mike didn't tell him was to be fast. <laughs> if only. Mr. Martinelli was not happy with his slow-paced work, so what Peter thought was going to be a promotion turned out to be a vacation, a permanent one. Oh, damn. Now it's time to tell his folks. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Shit, son. <laughs> Scene 11. In the kitchen, we see Alice putting the final touches on the cake she's decorating for Peter as a surprise. Marsha, Jan, and Cindy are watching. Marsha says, wow, that looks great, Alice. Alice says, oh, just call me the Picasso of the pastry tube. Cindy says, boy, I wish I could learn to do that. Alice says, it just takes a little practice. Jan asks, how did you learn? Alice says, well, I started with mud pies and worked my way up. (laughs) Marcia says, boy, will Peter be surprised when he sees this? Alice says, well, he deserves it. They take the cake and place it in a cabinet above the fridge to hide it from Peter. After shutting the cabinet doors, Alice says, there. After only three days on the job to get a promotion. If anything calls for a celebration, that does. Marsha agrees. Why would you put the cake like in the in a in a cabinet above the like why would you put it up there? To hide it? Right, but I mean we see later on, spoiler alert, that they're cooking outside. So yeah. you could have just put it in the oven. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, it just seems kind of gross having it like just sitting like that. Um yeah. but also if you look really carefully, she refrosted a spot that already had frosting on it. And it looked really oh. stupid when she was done with it. So you kind of ruined it. Like <laughs> that spot already had it. And you just put it on there twice. Yeah, smoking mirrors. And they're yeah. all like, how did you ever learn that? <laughs> Good job, Alice. Okay. Scene 12. Up in the boys room, 
Peter enters looking very sad. Mm. He shuts the door and walks over to Greg, who is sitting on his bed reading a book. Greg says, hey, I heard you were promoted. Peter shakes his head and says, "Uh uh-uh, just the opposite. Peter walks into the bathroom as Greg asks, demoted? Peter pokes his head back into the room and says, outmoded. Greg, seemingly confused, asks, what? Peter pokes his head back again and says, I got fired. Greg, concerned now, says to himself, fired? Then gets up and aids to his brother in the bathroom and asks, how come? Peter, while washing his hands, says, Mr. Martinelli says I'm not mechanically inclined. He grabs a towel to dry his hands and says, I guess I'm too slow. No, that's me. (laughs) Sorry. I guess I'm too slow. (laughs) S-L-O-W. Greg, feeling bad for his bro, says, that's too bad, Pete. Peter looks at Greg and says, I don't know what to do. Greg asks, what did mom and dad say? Peter says, I haven't told them yet. I don't want to spoil anybody's dinner, especially mine. Greg advises, tell them right after dinner and walks out of the bathroom. Peter says to himself, yeah, I guess so. Then looks at himself in the mirror and sadly says, I sure wasn't a business tycoon for very long. Poor little Peter. Sad, droopy Peter. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But that's a straight up girl's haircut. Just saying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's like a, one of those little house in the prairie haircuts. You know what I mean? I'm sure you watch that show. <laughs> I'm totally getting into the little house in the prairie right now. That show is so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. Um, I'm in season two now, and I really like it. <laughs> um, I've been watching Brooklyn Nine Nine lately. Yeah, that show. That funny. show's pretty funny. <laughs> All right, scene thirteen. Later, it's dinner time. Actually, you know what? Like, what's that? Since we're, we've stopped, <laughs> because you're right, because I'm watching Little House on the Prairie, and every guy has the same hairstyle as every boy on the Brady Bunch. Because, <laughs> you know, it's around the same time. Like, uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, Little House on the Prairie's first season, I think, was in 1970, like, three or something like that. Right. Or two or something. I don't remember. But, yeah. So, it's the same hairstyles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, are you, when so, you're done, are you going to watch uh, Highway to Heaven? Maybe. <laughs> That's Michael Landon. Thinking about it. Michael Landon. And also, his best friend on Little House on Prairie was also plays his best friend exactly. on Highway to That's Heaven. That's why I'm asking. So, yeah. Thinking about it. Anyway, uh, the Brady's have all gathered out in the backyard on the patio to eat and enjoy the night California air. As they're all finishing up, Alice is, of course, gathering up all the dishes on a large tray. After Peter's plate is picked up, he gathers up a courage and walks over to his parents to break the news. Mike and Carol are sitting enjoying the evening, but seem to be a little sleepy after the meal. Peter walks up, places his hands behind his back and says, Mom, Dad, can I talk to you about something? (laughs) Hmm. Mike says, sure. Carol stretches and says, I have a feeling it's going to be about bicycles. Like a bitch. Yeah, right. Mike giggles. Peter says, well, sort of. He pauses and Mike says, yes. 
Just as he's about to say it, Alice and the girls come out yelling, Surprise! Peter turns to look, and Alice is carrying the large cake with sparklers on top. Ooh. Peter is in shock. The other kids are all yelling. Peter asks, What's the cake for? Chan says, To celebrate your promotion. Cindy asks, Aren't you surprised? Peter, not knowing what to say, says, Boy, am I ever. Alice says, all the girls help me make it. Alice holds up the cake and is decorated with a bicycle and it reads, Congratulations, Peter, on it. The other family members say how beautiful it is. Mike says, I bet it tastes even better. Peter takes a look at the cake and Bobby and Cindy both yell out, Speech! Speech! Peter says, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, so much has happened to me today. I... I guess I should say something, but I can't. Not right now. Bobby runs over and hands him a sparkler from the cake. Peter just looks at it in deep thought, while the rest of the family talk about how good the cake looks. Mm. Hmm. You ever thought how dumb it is that they have birthday cakes at birthday parties? Because, <laughs> like, I guess. Like, if it's your birthday, it's your birthday, right? But everybody gets yep. the same slice of cake. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's your birthday. Like, how is it your cake if everybody else gets it too? Like, you should be able to hog that shit to yourself. Well, Jimmy, it's your next birthday. We'll get you just you a cake and nobody else is allowed to touch it. <laughs> when I, I get one of those, you know, those cakes at public, you don't shop at Publix, but they have these um, chocolate cakes at Publix and they're like mm. really good. They're really tall okay. and really good. In there. That's the kind I get for my birthday every year. It's amazing. Anyways, mm. um, I think Jan wore those pants last week. You know, that's her uh, Incredibles outfit. Um, <laughs> I missed it. Yeah, but also those are the pants that, that I asked if they came with volume control. Um, <laughs> but also, Carol is such a bitch. What happened? I mean, he got his first bike. He got his first job working on bikes. So he yeah. wants to talk about it. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like why are you going to be a bitch about it? Like, <laughs> I'm probably going to talk about bikes. Yeah, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Right. Oh, because we're going to talk about bikes again. Here we go. Here we go, everybody. He's going to mention bikes. Does everybody listen to Peter? <laughs> she don't do that shit with Mike when Mike comes in. Honey, can I talk about something? It's probably going to be about architecture. Like, she didn't do that. Like, <laughs> Mrs. Brady, can I talk to you? Probably going to be about housemade stuff, like <laughs> laundry stuff and made things. She's just jealous that Peter has a job, but she do not <laughs> um, <laughs> but also I, I kind of like the lighting in the scene. It's just different, you know, it is different. I mean, yeah. They could have easily done this when it was daytime. It just, you know, wrote mm -hmm. it up to being, you know, summertime or whatever. The only thing missing was like tiki torches. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, those citronella candles. <laughs> yeah. That too. Um, also, why would you put a frying pan on an outside grill? Uh, it depends on what you're cooking. I mean, well, it looked like they had burgers and they just fried in the frying pan on the grill outside. Like, I think <laughs> you're missing something. Can. <laughs> um, did you notice the red stripes on the patio? Like, what the I fuck did, is that? Yeah. Are those to mark where the furniture went? No, they were just like stripes down the patio. They just were like decorative. Ew. Okay. Yeah. So. I had to go back and on my second time watching this, mm -hmm. I know I made a note to myself because I went on to the next scene. I was like, "Oh shit!" That I really wanted to watch Greg in that mm. last scene because 
<clears throat> if you watch Greg in the scene, I thought Barry Williams did a really good job. Yeah, Remember, yeah. Greg is the only one that knows he got fired. And here mm-hmm. comes this big cake and all this shit. And it was really subtle. But if you watch him through the scene, you can tell he's like, feels bad. He's just like, oh, shit. He's just like, fucking poor Peter, man. He's like, oh. and everybody else is like, yay. I didn't think it was subtle at all. He was like burning a hole through Peter. He's sitting there staring at him like, you going to say something, you little bitch? Like, you going to say something? <laughs> I didn't think it was subtle at all. I thought it was. <laughs> but I, I did notice him, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. It's one of those things where you don't notice at first, but when you look for it, you're like, oh, shit. Like, he's like just staring at him. Like, <laughs> everybody else is like, yeah. And he's just stone faced, like staring. <laughs> all right. Scene 14. Later. It's night-night time up in the boys' room. Everyone is fast asleep. Except for Peter, of course, we all know, who's slow <laughs> asleep. He hops down from the top bunk and walks over to Greg. He says his name. And <laughs> he says his name like two inches from his head. He's like, Greg. Like right in his ear. <laughs> Which is probably why Greg woke up the way he did. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? He says his name and Greg shoots awake and says, yeah. Peter, feeling guilty, says, I know I should tell mom and dad, but I'd hate to wake them up. Greg, still trying to sleep, says, I don't think they're asleep yet. I'd knock first. Dad probably has mom all balled up in bed. Lucky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After all, that is where the magic happens. <laughs> That's right. Peter smiles and says, well, if I wait any longer, they might be. Greg says, you should have told them after dinner. Peter says, how could I with the cake and the speech? Greg, I really need some advice. Greg thinks for a second, sighs and says, ask Mr. Martinelli for one more chance. Then if he takes you back, You won't have to say anything to anybody. Peter says, yeah, yeah, I knew you'd help me. Thanks, Greg. He then stands up, smiles and says to himself, yeah, one more chance. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yes, that's the ticket. (laughs) During that one scene, like where he's like, where he goes, (laughs) where he says, um, yeah, I knew you'd help me. Thanks, Greg. Because he gets kind of close to his ear. He does, Thanks, yeah. Greg. I swear to God, I watched it twice, and both times I thought it was going to happen. I thought he was going to kiss him on the neck. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Night. Love you. <laughs> it's like, speaking of kissing things, how many times have you been drinking, like, something in a bottle, and you forget that you put the cat back on, so you just kiss the, <laughs> you kiss the, <laughs> the bottle cap? You're just like... Like, oops, I thought I was gonna drink it. Never mind. But it looks like you just kiss it. You're like, <laughs> I love this Coke Zero. It is so good. Oh. So, next time you do that, or anybody listening, next time you guys do that, you have to say loud enough for people to hear you, I love you. And then just undo it and then act like everything's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's my only note is that he was uncomfortably close to Greg. Yeah, that's where yeah. I thought he was going. Both times I thought he was going to kiss him. So you can't, you can't back the camera up. <laughs> Why do I got to get this close to him? <laughs> All right, scene fifteen. We quickly cut to the next morning with Peter and Mr. Martinelli. 
Marnelli is shaking his head no. Yeah. He says, Peter, oh, I finally get to it. Peter, like I said before, you're a nicer boy. <laughs> Very nicer boy. And I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, but I have to get a new a boy. Peter pleads and says, I just thought I'd ask, but maybe we, but it's cut off by Martinelli, who says, nothing impersonal. It's just that you're not mechanically inclined. <laughs> For Mr. Martinelli. <laughs> 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 Peter says, but maybe I can learn to be mechanically inclined. Martinelli explains, Peter, Peter. Some people make a picture frames, and some people paint the pictures. Who knows? Maybe you're an artist. He smiles at Peter, puts his arm around him, and nudges him to the door. He says, goodbye. Peter walks out and turns and says, thanks, Mr. Martinelli, and then walks off. Mm. But then all of a sudden, Peter runs back inside the bike shop. Martinelli asks, what's the matter, Peter? Peter frankly says, my sisters are coming to see me. They don't know I've been fired. Martinelli says, you didn't tell the other family. (laughs) 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 You didn't tell your family. My family. Uh, (laughs) Peter says, not yet. Please, Mr. Martinelli, don't say anything. Martinelli says, but uh, uh, Peter stops him and says, thanks, Mr. Martinelli. I'll tell him later. Peter runs out the back door. Mr. Martinelli just sighs. Hmm. Just then, Marsha, Jan, and Cindy walk into the bike shop. Martinelli says, well, can I help you young ladies? Marsha smiles and says, well, we'd rather wait and let the uh, other salesman help us. Oh, shit. The other two girls just giggle. Martinelli asks, other salesman? Jan says, yeah, we're Peter Brady's sisters. Cindy says, are you the nice man who promoted him? Martinelli, completely confused, asks, promoted him? <laughs> Marsha asks, you sure Peter's a slow one? <laughs> Marsha adds, made him a salesman. Martinelli, finally catching on, says, oh, 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 I see. Jen proudly states, we wanted Peter to wait on us. Cindy, while looking at some horn, says, I need a horn for my bike. <laughs> It's not horny enough. (laughs) (laughs) I want to make my bike real horny. I want to be real horny when I ride my bike. (laughs) (laughs) And then she squeezes the horns and they loudly honk, annoying Mr. Martinelli. Martinelli says, why don't you let me help you with the horns? We got loud horns, soft horns, foghorn leg horns. (laughs) (laughs) Cindy cuts in and reminds him, now remember, Peter gets the credit for the sale. Martinelli smiles and says, yes, ma'am. Cindy honks the horn again. She's like, Peter's the one that's going to make me horny. Not you. (laughs) Um, Definitely not you. Does Mr. Martinelli have glaucoma or something? Because he looks high like all the time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. No? Um, his eyes are like always like bloodshot and watering and stuff. Um, but also um, another shot where Jan looked older. You know what I'm saying? I noticed it at the end. Spoiler alert. When they go on a bike ride. Right. And she rides by. I was like, gosh, she looks older there for some reason. Well, she, to me, she looked older in this scene. She didn't in the, in the other scene. So. Hmm. 
It's like they did some of these scenes last year and then like, <laughs> shit, we got to finish that episode. It's like that. All right. Scene 16. Meanwhile, we see Peter sitting on a park bench feeding some pigeons. Hmm. He says to the birds, that's it. That's all I have to feed you guys. Peter sighs and says, Mr. Martinelli should be closing up shop about now. So I guess I better be getting home from my job. Peter gets up, throws his trash away, gets on his bike, and rides off into the sunset. Hmm. Yes. But this is where I, I pointed out, what's with all the artsy farts? Like, they linger on that one of the pigeon just sitting there, like, just fucking sitting on the park bench. And <laughs> yeah. it's just, there's a lot of lingering yeah. shots of weird shit. It's like, some. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, we haven't gotten there yet, but they went to the park bench, I think, one too many times. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they only, yeah, they, they want to make the best of the uh, permit, I guess, they pulled to shoot at that park bench. So. I also feel like maybe they, when they wrote the script, it was only like, I don't know, like maybe 18 minutes and they had to fill it. So, like, exactly. well, let's yep. put some more, like, pigeon scenes in here. Right. Since we're <laughs> paying for these pigeons, let's get them a few scenes. If you if you glance down at my notes for scene 18, I, that's one of the first things I say. I say, I swear this episode is 10 minutes of him working on a shop and getting fired. Another 14 minutes of him thinking about it. Um, <laughs> but you notice that the, the bench looks remarkably like, you know, Marsha and Greg's high school. <laughs> well, I thought that too. I was a little confused. I was like, is he at a park or is he at the school? Because like, that's the smoking tree behind him. I swear it is. No, I don't know. All right. Scene 17. Peter arrives home on his bike and parks it in the carport. Greg, while watering some plants, sees him and smiles. He says, hey, congratulations, Peter. Peter says, huh? Greg says, the girls told me you were a salesman now. Doing great, huh? Peter says, yep, got the meeting right out of my hands. Greg asks, how did you get Mr. Martinelli to take you back? Peter sadly says, I didn't. Greg says, you're kidding. Peter says, yeah, I'm kidding everybody. I asked Mr. Martinelli to cover for me so I could break the news myself. <laughs> Greg asks, well, where were you all afternoon? Peter states, in the park. Greg asks, doing what? Peter says, feeding the pigeons and thinking. Greg sighs and says, Pete, you're going to have to tell the folks. Peter says, I know. That's what I was thinking about. Hmm. Hmm. So what part of the house is this? It's exposed I, center block. Hmm. And like, where the hell did these plants come from? Like, where? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think it's just on the back patio, but you're right. I don't remember there being like shelves of like plants. I don't remember there being an exposed center block wall. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? So, I don't know. Anyways, no. scene 18. The next afternoon, Peter is back to his bench with a pigeon on his arm. As he says, you know, it's nice to have somebody to tell your troubles to. I wish I could tell my mom and dad, but I can't. Hmm. I'm a failure at 14. Hmm. But who am I to tell them a thing like that about their own son? Mm. The pigeon just sits there doing pigeon things. <laughs> you know, pigeon things and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, like this is another one where they just did that lingering shot on the pigeon for like, <laughs> for like an extra five <laughs> seconds at the end of the scene. It's like, what the fuck? 
This is like Greg when he got his camera. Like <laughs> scene nineteen. Later, after quote work, Peter arrives home and enters the family room. Mike and Carol are sitting at the table playing chess. Peter says, Mom, Dad, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just looking for my books. There they are. Sorry to bother you. Peter then walks over and picks up his books sitting on an end table. Carol says, uh, Peter, your father and I have been thinking about what you said. Peter says, what did I say? What happened? What? <laughs> <laughs> Mike says, about bike riding. Carol adds, we've decided that we'd like to get bicycles. Mike says, and we're going to buy them from Mr. Martinelli's star salesman. Oh, shit. Peter, beginning to freak out, says, I I wouldn't do that. Mike asks why. Peter says, well, all that exertion and a man as old as you are could be bad. <laughs> Mike rolls his eyes and says, just the other day you said it wasn't too late. <laughs> Peter, trying to backpedal, yeah, ah, but I'm says, well... That was the other day. And besides, some people get excited and go out and buy bikes and they never use them. It's true. Who would do that? Who would do that? I don't know know anybody that's ever done that. It's not that I don't want to. I have the bike, but anyway. So you have it like at your apartment? It means in storage. (laughs) And it has a flat tire too, so I need to. Anyway, Carol says, well, we'd use them. Mike agrees. Peter says, well, I'd give it some consideration, like maybe a week or two or even a month. I mean, what's the hurry? Excuse me. And then he runs out of the room. Carol says to Mike, well, that's a switch. <laughs> Mike says, I've heard of low pressure salesmen, but never no pressure salesman. Carol confused asks, wonder why the big change? Mike's bullshit detector is going off and he says, listen. Maybe Mr. Martinelli could give us a clue. Detective Carol gets excited, grabs her hat and and her magnifying glass and says, well, I'd sure love to know what let the air out of Peter's tires. Oh, man. Carol busting out the bike puns. Oh, shit. (laughs) Um, So how are they playing chess yet sitting side by side at a table? (laughs) I didn't even think about that. That's so funny. Because <laughs> if you look at it, the chessboard's set up like you think it would be. Yeah, but yet they're not sitting across from each other. It's yeah. fucking Carol. Carol is so codependent. Exactly. She can't yeah. even sit on the other side of a table from us. So she has to he like. works all day, but yeah, she's got to be right fucking there. <laughs> she oh has to God. turn her head like a fucking dog, like like this, to look at the board. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move. And then Mike has to do the same thing. Like It's so dumb. Well, Mike, I'm sure the board is probably good for Mike. And I just expect him to be like, why don't you go fucking sit there? Then you don't have to turn your head to look at the fucking board. I guarantee Mike's been playing the same chess game like since they met and he beats her every time. (laughs) He just does the same moves over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) I just wrote Detective Carol is on the case. Exactly. Good thing. Good thing. She should be on Brooklyn (laughs) Nine-Nine. All right. Scene 20. The next afternoon, Peter is at his workbench. <laughs> See what we did there? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> He's sitting feeding the pigeon again and says, you guys just don't know how lucky you are to be pigeons. Hmm. Nobody can fire you. And you get free food. But I can't keep this up forever. Sooner or later, 
I'll have to tell my mom and dad. Peter then bends down and picks up one of the pigeons and puts it on his lap. Peter goes on. No wonder you guys like me so much. You're pigeons. And I'm a chicken. He chuckles at his own joke. <laughs> That's so dumb. Anyways. Before we move on, I thought it was so weird that he just like reaches down and picks up a pigeon. It was funny. I figured like he was going to like sit there and hold it. You know, like when you're thinking and you just kind of yeah. play with something in your hand. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, like a fidget pigeon. You know, it's like, like, like he was like, like pulling a wing out or like plucking off feathers or something just because he's in deep thought. <laughs> and you could tell that they were having issues with the animal that day because the way he picks it up, like with the wings, like folded, <laughs> like around the top. It's like, yeah, they were having trouble with that one. But also he's like, you guys get free food. So do you. <laughs> what are you talking about? You don't pay for your own food. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, just then he hears bicycle bells coming towards him. Mm. He looks over and sees Mike and Carol riding bikes through the park coming towards him. Oh my God. Peter says, Holy shit. How'd they know where I was? <laughs> Cause you know, they don't anyways. Oh my gosh. In a panic, he tosses the pigeon. <laughs> Mike and Carol spot Peter sitting on the bench and ride over and park. They don't seem too surprised to see him sitting there. Mike and Carol giggle as they try to dismount their bikes. <laughs> Peter says, uh, hi, mom. Hi, dad. They both say hello. Okay. Mike says, ah, that's pretty good for an old man, huh? Carol says, hey, you got some room on that bench for a woman of my age? Because they're rubbing this shit in. <laughs> I'm old. Just like you said. Peter says, yeah, sure. Peter scoots down and Mike and Carol have a seat next to him. Peter says, I was just feeding the pigeons. Mike says, Peter, Mr. Martinelli told us what happened. Carol adds, yeah, and uh, Greg filled us in and the rest. Peter says, oh, I wanted to tell you, but I was too ashamed. Carol says, Peter, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Mike says, of course not. There's no shame in being fired. I've lost jobs. Peter asks, you have? Mike goes on. Practically everyone has at one time or another. Peter then asks Carol, have you? Carol says, oh, I've never had a job before. I don't do anything. Like ever. (laughs) Well, Alice asked me to stop helping her make a salad once. I don't know if that counts. (laughs) (laughs) no peter says but this is my first job and i bombed out only after three days (laughs) carol says peter mr martinelli said you really tried it's just that he didn't think that you were cut for this particular job mike goes on he thinks you're a very bright young man peter asks is that what he said honest carol confirms honest Mike gets serious and says, Peter, you should have told us. Hiding out in the park hasn't helped anyone. Carol says, except maybe the pigeons. Carol. Peter smiles and says, yeah, they kind of like it. Mike reaches into his pocket and says, oh, by the way, this is for you from Mr. Martinelli. Mike hands Peter some cash. Peter asks, what for? Carol says, that's your commission for those two bikes you talked us into buying. Peter says, but I tried to talk you out of buying them. Mike says, well, you can't help it if we're stubborn. Peter says, you know something? 
I feel a lot better right now. Carol says, good, so do we. To change the topic, Mike says, listen, now that the whole family has bicycles, I know a great way to keep them from rusting away in the garage. Hmm. Carol groans. We then quickly cut to the whole family out on a bike ride with Peter leading the pack. Alice is at the end with training wheels on her bike. Oh, (laughs) Alice. (laughs) So I thought it'd be hilarious, like in a panic. If because he's sitting there holding the pigeon. Remember, he just like threw the pigeon, right? It would have been funny if he like was like, oh, shit, here comes my parents and stands up and then like throws the pigeon in the trash. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be funny if he balled it up with like another bag, like put it in a bag and balled it up to the trash. (laughs) And you hear like. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I swear nobody in this episode knows how to use a kickstand. <laughs> like what the hell? Um, but also, how did Mike and Carol know where he was? I think it's from Greg because Greg knew where he was. Greg didn't. Oh yeah, I guess he did. Oh yeah, because they say Greg filled us in on the rest. Um, and I, yeah, I put the same thing like, except Carol because she doesn't work. Um, <laughs> what was with Greg's hat? Does he think he's like a fucking artist or something? <laughs> Stop! Stop! <sighs> <sighs> I thought he looked cool. <laughs> well, despite was, what other people might think. His whole like riding outfit like he was wearing was like yeah. very unusual for him. <laughs> it looked like he was like I don't know in merry old England or something like, he looks like he fox been, hunting or something. He <laughs> looked like he should have been riding the bike side saddle like telling with one foot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like he was he wearing like he was wearing like a driver's cap or I don't know what they're mm-hmm. called, but and then he had like it was a turtleneck, and I feel like he had an ascot on. Like, I don't know. He was wearing the weirdest outfit, so I did notice an outfit. He probably had a pipe too somewhere. Yeah, he had to have had a pipe. Yeah, and like maybe a. It looked like he was possibly going fox hunting afterwards. I don't know. It was really weird. He probably had an easel folded up on the back of his bike so he could start painting somewhere. Yeah, you because know, he looked like an artist. God. Let it go. Scene 21. <laughs> the next day in the den, Mike is hard at work. Bobby screams from the other room, Dad, Dad. Mike calls for him to come into the den. Bobby runs in and says, Dad, guess what? Mike guess what? Bobby says, I got my own job all by myself. I got my own job. Mike smiles and says, Hey, you did? Well, that's great. What are you going to be doing? Bobby says, I'm delivering newspapers before school. Mike says, oh, Bobby, you have to get up at five o'clock in the morning and do that. Bobby says, well, I don't mind. Mike goes on. <laughs> You're going to have to go all over the neighborhood. You know, that's miles. Bobby once again says, I don't mind. Mike adds in, besides, you can't do that on a bike. You have to have a car. Bobby, a little deflated, says, I know. Mike says, well, now you're being silly can't drive. Bobby says, no, but you can. (laughs) Mike just look at his youngest boy and groans. He then picks up a rolled up draft and beats his son over the head with it. And Bobby just laughs. It's probably from the concussion. Um, (laughs) I I delivered papers once. Did you know that? Um, I helped Ron deliver papers once. Yeah. No, I I literally once. Oh, I might've been twice, but you remember Carol from high school? 
Yeah. Her brother delivered papers, and every time they would go on vacation, I would fill in for them. Oh. So I actually delivered papers twice. Well, when I say I helped deliver papers, I didn't help really because I just stayed in the car. I did help because this is a long time ago. We were much younger, and Ron and I would go like to the the, the nudie bar or whatever, mm. and we'd stay out like really the zone, late. As you said, zone, yeah. <laughs> and we'd stay out really late, and he always had a paper out on Sunday mornings. So we'd stay out all night. Of course, this is before we could even drink, so we, it's not like we were drunk or anything. We just were out. And um, so Sunday, early Sunday mornings, we'd go to the place where he has to roll up all the papers, and I did help him do that. And then once we got in the car and he started doing his route, I just, like, fell asleep in his car. <laughs> and it was a really funny thing that happened one time. Because he, if he had to go, like, in a, a complex, like an apartment complex or something, mm-hmm. he would take however many um, newspapers he needed, and he had, like, a little bag like a messenger bag, you put him in it and they'd go run to the the complex real quick. Right. Well, he just got done in the complex and jumps back in the car. I'm sleeping in the passenger seat and he throws this like little bag like on my lap <laughs> <coughs> and I wake up <laughs> and I'm like dead asleep, half asleep, half awake, whatever. And I look at this thing on my lap and I was like, where did you get that? <laughs> and, he, and he's like driving. He's like, what? I was like, where did you get the bunny? And he's like, bunny? What are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, the bunny on my lap. And he was like, that's my bag, dude. And he picked it up and he showed, I was like, oh, the way it looked in my half awake head, it looked like a really floppy bunny stuffed animal, like super <laughs> floppy to where it was like flat on my stuff, on my lap. <laughs> just it was the way it laid, it it was weird. I was hoping you'd say you you panicked and like ah! and like talking as much. Not like a real bunny. Was that in his? What was it? A Nissan Maxima or something? Where he had to flip a bunch of switches when he turned it on. <laughs> it was a little white car. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he. It looked like he was starting a space shuttle. Like, click, 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 click. You know. I forgot about that. Yeah. But that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> All right. So, I have an email to read. Uh, okay. <laughs> Don't worry. All right. This one comes to us from Catherine. Catherine. Mm-hmm. Catherine the Great? Yeah. She's great. Yeah. She says, I love listening to the podcast at work. Gets me through long days processing mail. You guys have great chemistry and stories. I just finished listening to Greg Gets Grounded and now we all know what you guys sound like having sex. Hello, <laughs> well, the squats. <laughs> Remember when we did that? Yeah. <clears throat> I recently found out my girlfriend is related to Robert Reed. Nice. Her mom's maiden name is Reitz. Okay. All right. Well, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Thanks, Catherine. Interesting. Huh. Hmm. Um, huh. Yeah, I forgot about our squats sound effects that we did. She was talking about uh, sorting mail. That's that. That's one of the jobs I got laid off from. Sorting mail. Yeah, like you worked at like the USPS. No, I worked in a mailroom for a company. Oh, oh, well, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, all right. Yes. Hmm. Is this still a thing? I feel Apparently. like the department's going away. Well, this was an insurance company, so I mean, they're all about those those hard copies, all about <laughs> yeah. that shit. 
I don't think I've ever worked at a company where there was a mail room. Yeah. Hmm. I also had to order office supplies. Oh, you were the office manager like Pam. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yep, yep. Heaven forbid you order somebody something else, even if it's cheaper and more garbagey. Well, I need one of those kind. Mine broke. Like yours just happened to break. Yes, I need one like she has. Okay. Are you still referring to the office episode with Pam? No, no, that really happened. Because that's how it was with, I don't think you got that far in the the series, but Hmm. like where he, she got, Pam ordered a new computer for reception Mm -hmm. because Pam isn't receptionist anymore. And, um, and then Andy's like, how come she gets a new computer and we don't? I need a new computer too. And <laughs> this is where one of the funniest Stanley lines comes in. And <laughs> Pam goes, if I get you a new computer, then I have to get Phyllis a new computer. I have to get Stanley a new computer. And that would just be crazy. <laughs> Stanley goes, oh, something good happened to Stanley is crazy. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Anyway. Okay, so moving on. So now we have to let everybody know that the contest is officially over. Yes. If you were listening to this, the contest is over. And maybe you're like, contest? I didn't know there was a contest. Well, that's too fucking bad. bad. You should have been listening. Too bad. So so sad. (laughs) Well, it's officially over. And Jimmy and I are going to go through all the submissions, which we got a lot. Yeah? Um, Yeah, we got a lot even today. Nice. Good. And... um. Well, technically, I say the contest is over because by the time this gets out tomorrow morning, yeah. it's going to be over. Technically, we still have one hour left. So, okay. so we have some really good, talented, uh, some drawings, some yeah. people that mocked up even some stuff, too, even though we told uh-huh. them specifically not to. Jim Larson. Larson. That's <laughs> 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 okay if he does because he's, he's, you know, he's a cool guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're cool, Jim. <laughs> he's, he's kind of our boss, so we have to, you know. Yeah, that's right. I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're going to announce the winner next week on next week's episode. Very nice. I'm mm-hmm. excited. I'm excited, too. I want I want, I want. a shirt. <laughs> I still got to put together all the submissions for us to kind of go through. Right. And it's that's going to take some time just getting all the submissions together. <laughs> okay. But yeah. So, anyway. All right, Catherine, you know what we did here today. We had a lot of fun. Don't be offended. We do love the show, and we're not racist or sexist. Especially against Italian people. I mean, I love Mario. No, I don't. You do not want to piss off or offend an Italian because they will shoot No, because they'll jump on your head. I see them in the game all the time. (laughs) They'll put a bomb like in your car. (laughs) (laughs) That's just silly nonsense now. And they'll launder your money, whatever that means. What means they put in the washing machine? You know, when you've never left money in your pants? (laughs) <laughs> it's true money laundering <laughs> hello it's destruction of, of government property hmm. all right so we would like to personally thank our producers from patreon and without mm-hmm. you this couldn't be possible and of course we're talking to jimmy uh, jenny jenny and jim what do you what do you want to name everybody jimmy <laughs> i don't like, know not everybody is named jimmy <laughs> exactly but yeah we're talking to you jenny and jim you guys are the ops you guys want to start it all and all the rest of the patreon subscribers you guys are amazing so mm-hmm. We, oh, yeah. we really do appreciate it. And we got to name a couple. Mendy and Pepe. Yeah. Just warms mm. the, the cockles of our heart. That's just a funny word to say. I just was trying to find a reason <laughs> to say it. Cockles. <laughs> All right. So we're going to do some homework assignments. First one is check out the website at com. 
Number two, do a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or CastBox, or wherever you download your podcast from. Yeah, we're also on Amazon Music, too, just a little reminder. There you go. Tell two friends about the show, and if you don't like the show or you don't like ours, uh, tell your in-laws. or I I ruined it. (laughs) Let's move on. (laughs) Send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show, just like Catherine did, at... A very pretty podcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group and join in the conversation and the fun at a very Brady Facebook group. Yes. If you would like to be a producer, check out the Patreon at www.patreon.com slash a very pretty podcast. Check out our Instagram at a very pretty podcast. Follow us on Facebook and get real time updates. Like if tax going to be late, putting the show out, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I had to do that last week. Yep. I was like three hours late. But check out the Retro Network at theretronetwork.com. Check out our T Public store for merch. Link is in the description of this episode. Also, like if some of you are, like me and Tech are down to earth people, man. We know how it is. If you ever check out the T Public store and you're just like, what? I don't know if I want to spend that much money right now on a shirt. I mean, it's a cool podcast and all. If you <laughs> look back periodically, they go on sale. I mean, they go on sale right now. They yep. go on sale pretty cheap. So if you're one of those people who just like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to spend that much, keep checking back. It goes on sale all the time. Mm-hmm. 35% off right now. Boom. All right. And most importantly, go out there and watch the Brady Bunch. Yes. Um, and Jimmy here is going to tell us in an Italian accent <laughs> what the next episode is all about. On the next episode, <laughs> a season four, episode 20, The Great Earring Caper. Cindy loses her mama's earring after playing with them, and Detective Peter Brady tries to solve the mystery. But when Carol wants the earrings for a costume ball, and they're still not found, <laughs> the entire family tries to crack the case. Oh my god, this is a Detective Carol episode! Oh shit. What's well, a It's a Detective Peter episode. Yes, but the whole family is going to be like, yeah. I wonder if he ever goes, it's me, a Peter. No, I'll stop doing it. <laughs> and we can, we shouldn't refer to that as an Italian accent. We should refer to that as a Mario accent. Oh. That way we're not offending any, anybody, but I thought it was awesome because somebody, I think it was on Facebook, hmm. um, referred to her as Flohen. So I saw we, that. We are influencing society now. We are in, Does that mean we're influencers? Is that what that means? Yeah. Oh shit. We're influencers. Does that mean wait a minute? Does that mean I gotta start taking selfies and shit? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get the Momic to stick for Murray McCormick. Okay. So working working on that one next. Momic. Or Robid. Roread. Flow hand just flows off the tongue. <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> That's gross. Right. So unless you had anything else, my tongue. no, that? I'm good. I'm no, all set. What'd you, what'd you say? So she flows off my tongue all the uh, time. Yeah. All right. So in that case, I have been Jimmy, and I've been Tack, and this has been a very pretty podcast. We will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking, and hopefully the phone won't ring. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network. <laughs>